your Bibles to the book of Philemon. If I was smart, I wouldn't sing so much and save my voice for preaching, but it's hard. It's hard not to sing praises to the Lord. It really is. I, I don't see how anyone can keep from doing it. Philemon, and we are in the 13th verse, is where we're going to pick up. For anyone who has not been in the Bible study, I've been blessed with being able to be in here for three weeks now. And this is our third message in the book of Philemon. Philemon is a member of the church at Colossae. The church actually meets in his house. He has an estate and a lot of responsibilities and things. And he had a servant Named, named Onesimus. And Onesimus took care of everything for him. Well, he abandoned his master and he took off. But where he ended up was with the Apostle Paul. He met Paul. Paul witnessed the gospel of Jesus Christ to him. He is saved now. And where Philemon could demand law to the fullest extent for uh, for his servant abandoning him, which could have been death. Paul is writing this letter. This is letter is not to a church. It's from Paul to his brother in Christ that he knows well with, that he served with, named Philemon. And he is reaching out in love to him. The Holy Spirit is leading Paul to write in such a way so that Philemon would cancel the debt in every way against Onesimus, that he would forgive him, that he would go the love route and forgiveness, which is what Philemon is known for. However, we can understand how Philemon must feel in this situation because many things in his life were messed up because this servant had abandoned him. And last week we talked about uh, how Paul reminded him of a command. In other words, Paul, as an apostle of God, he could have demanded that there be uh, forgiveness extended. Not, not that he can make him do it. It does have to come from the heart, but he could have pushed on him from an authority uh, type of position. But instead of, instead of the command, he reaches out in love to Philemon, someone who is known for the sacrificial love of God, and then the relationship is new, is what we talked about last week. Onesimus is saved. He's not the one he was when he left. He is a, a new man, a different man. So we're talking about this portion of the letter where Paul is giving Philemon reasons to forgive Onesimus. And what we see in verses 13 and 14 from Paul is that a right action has been initiated to Philemon. Look at verse 13. He says, whom I would have retained with me that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. Paul is inviting the right action from Philemon by initiating a right action from himself toward him. Because you see, as we, we kind of skim this in the beginning as summary, but Paul has great need. Paul is in prison. Paul needs encouragement. 
Paul needs someone with him. He needed care. And Onesimus was a supply for Paul's needs. This runaway fugitive servant that became born again, he and Paul got really close in the Lord. And they have this sweet relationship going on and in the Lord. And it is a blessing to Paul. He is uplifting to Paul and very encouraging to him. It's always encouraging to be around a new Christian or someone who comes back to the Lord and they're just on fire for the Lord. They can't help but be singing to the Lord and reading his word. It is so encouraging. And that's what Paul had from Onesimus. And now what Paul has done, though, he has denied himself. He has denied his needs. He has denied every the benefits of everything Onesimus is to him to do the right thing and to send him back to his master, former master, that they may make things right. You know, this was a right action initiated from Paul. You know, he could have just assumed that Philemon being who he is, he would forgive him. And he could have passed it off and he could have just kept him there with him. He could have do that. He could have done that. The thoughts ran through his mind. Uh, you can tell by the way he's writing. He could have silently used his authority as an apostle by having the attitude. Well, I have Onesimus here with me. And in order for him to come get custody of him and, and have him prosecuted the fullest extent of the law, he, he, he'd probably be intimidated by me. He'd have to come to where I am. But Paul did not do that. He didn't take these avenues. He didn't assume or presume anything selfishly in this. And we see in verse 14 how this right action that's initiated continued. But without thy mind would I do nothing that thy benefit should not be, as it were, of necessity, but willingly. Paul came to a decision in his heart to respond and direct Onesimus in the way that gave the greatest amount of consideration possible for Philemon, his, his friend that he sending him to. He, he wasn't going to benefit from Philemon's tragedy. You, you, you get that there? You know, he, he had Onesimus with him and he's a blessing to him, but it was a tragedy to Philemon. And he, he wasn't just going to leave things as they were and take a blessing out of the hit that was taken uh, by his brother in Christ. And he wasn't going to demand a duty of forgiveness to him either. Any way that the Lord was going to bless Paul by way of Onesimus, Paul wanted it to be by Philemon's consent. He wanted that okay to come from him. Anything that Paul was going to be blessed with from, from Onesimus, Philemon was going to be able to have the power to make that happen. Paul is giving it to him by giving Onesimus back to him. Paul wanted his brother's blessing, his brother in Christ's blessing, as he, as he thoughtfully considered him in the matter. You know, so sending Onesimus back to Philemon, this is putting the decision in Philemon's hands. This is putting a, a decision in his hands that he needs to make of completely and willingly 
forgiving him. A right action is invited from Paul, but only by a right action initiated first from Paul. You know, we, we invite a right action for many people, but do we want to, to be the example and do we want to initiate that right example first? Uh, it doesn't happen with a lot of people, but this is what Paul does with Philemon. But we not only see that a right action is initiated, but relaxation is to be considered. Look with me in verses 15 and 16. Paul writes... For perhaps he therefore departed from a season that thou shouldest receive him forever. We're going to be aggravated over the difficult things that happen to us. But we should also appreciate the good that will come out of the difficulties that we experience. And this is the angle now with a reason that Paul has for Philemon that he might consider because he had an unsaved servant. Now, now he might have been a really great hard worker when, when I talk to people and uh, maybe I'm going to preach a funeral and and I don't know if the person is saved and I don't hear anything about that. But what I hear about a lot of people is, oh, they were a hard worker. They took care of the family. You know, I mean, God blesses. He lets it rain on the just and the unjust. And there are a lot of people who are hard workers. And I believe by what we understand here, there's no doubt that Onesimus was a very hard worker. He 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 worked very well for Philemon, but he was unsaved. And there's no doubt that had to be going through Philemon's mind from time to time, even though he was pleased with the work. He couldn't really, really depend on him, to be honest. He couldn't depend on him to be faithful. Uh, I've never found that I've been able to have that liberty and never wanted to really. But but I just can't trust someone who, who hasn't been born again in the Lord Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that that you're not going to get wrong, done wrong by people who are saved. But but it's it's just it's so difficult to trust and depend upon someone who is not a Christian, who does not have the spirit of God living within them to convict them of right and wrong, to be honest for you. And 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 I know that that went through Philemon's mind from time to time. He's not a Christian. He's not saved. So Paul gives a reason of some relaxation he could have with this new man of God that is going to return to him. You know, it bre it breaks my heart that I think about people I've known in the past and not that not that I have to stop talking to them whenever they heard I'm a Christian, they backed off a little. And then when they heard I'm a preacher, they backed off a little bit more. And the same thing happened with granddad. He thought he was wearing the wrong kind of deodorant. And but but people will leave you when you when you get saved, it, it, it will happen. But but we just can't depend upon someone anyway. Uh, un unless they have been born again. Onesimus's born again experience gives Philemon the greatest possible assurance of future loyalty. And, and let me just interject something just for a minute, because last week we ended this with 
with this being a, a good reason, and we're talking about it again, a reason for Philemon to forgive because this was an unsaved man and now he's saved. And as we're looking to apply this to our lives and we have people that we may need to forgive or they need to forgive us. And, and in thinking about that in, in these situations, sometimes it's not going to be an unsaved person. In your case, it might be a Christian. It might be a saved person that has offended you in a wrong way. And there is still the need for forgiveness. We're to forgive all. So our situations may not be the same as Philemon's here, but we are all called to forgive. And, and being able to relax in this situation uh, is a reason that Paul gives Philemon, no doubt, had uneasy thoughts of this. And so Paul writes, Paul writes in verse 15, for perhaps, perhaps he therefore departed for, for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever. Paul is having him to take a look at this as if, can you view this? Can you view this considering that? Just the whole journey of what has taken place. He was there with you and he was unsaved, but God brought him my way and now he's saved. I mean, who knows? The, the church of Colossae had a very good report of faith and love and, and joy and all of those things. But who knows if time just went on and on and he was never saved and the people probably wouldn't admit they gave up on him. But just maybe they gave up on him and maybe they weren't trying to minister to him anymore. I, I don't know. But nevertheless, there was some there was some seed planting. There was some watering. And then the harvest was reaped with the Apostle Paul, that that he was saved. And, and so Paul's not justifying anyone's wrongdoings as if God would lead it. So lead him to do wrong so he could be saved. He's not justifying any wrongdoings whatsoever. But but just perhaps can you consider this Philemon? Can you just consider how he was there and now he came to me and now he's saved and I'm sending him back a different person? So perhaps for this season in this difficulty you've gone through, this is the great thing. This is the good that God is bringing out of what's difficult. Since Onesimus rejected the Lord in Colossae during that season, maybe now that he, that he had came to him, he was saved and the seeds were planted and, and the harvest was reaped. And, and so now, could you consider this from this angle? And look at verse 16. He says, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, Especially to me, but how much more unto thee, unto you, Philemon, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Difficult things God brings good out of. And the difficulty that he experienced with his fugitive servant is that now he's saved, he, he, you can, he's coming back to you, you can relax on the situation so much more with Onesimus being a brother in Christ. The uneasiness you might have had in not having that common bond, it's done away with now. And he's your brother in Christ. And, and, he, and he always worked well for you. He's profitable to you in the flesh and in the Lord and in the Spirit. 
another reason that Philemon can forgive Onesimus. We see in verse 17 a reference that can be trusted. If thou count me, therefore, a partner, receive him as myself. Now, in verse 12, he said, whom I have sinned again, that thou therefore receive him, that is mine own bowels. Now, Paul had said that Paul had said, I'm sending my heart to you when I'm sending Philemon to when I'm sending Onesimus to to you. But now he's more clearly stating, he said, I'm sending my myself to you by sending him. Philemon not only has the reference of the person of Paul, but Paul goes deeper with it. Would you look in that verse at the word partner? When Paul calls him a partner to Philemon, Paul himself with Philemon as partners, it, it's going much deeper with what Paul's trying to tell him. Because a partner is one who shares the experiences with another. And for this to take place, for, for people to be partners, two must share the same interests. Two must share the same work. Two must share the same feelings about things. And Paul and Philemon had shared the work of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ together. They had been in work together for the furtherance of the gospel when they were with one another and apart. And apart, the way they know each other and the bond they have, they know he knows that Paul is serving the Lord and everything is for the furtherance of the gospel and, and people being saved. And Paul knows the same about Philemon. See, they're still in fellowship. They're still partners, though they're not together in the work as they once were. They're, they're in different places, but they still have fellowship. Right outside my office door, you'll see a list of most of the missionaries that we support. And, and, and they're thousands of miles away. And we don't see them very much. But we're in fellowship with them. We're, we're connected in the furtherance of the gospel with them. God lays them on our heart to support them, to do the work of the gospel. And we're doing that work here. We're in fellowship with them. So Paul brings this word of partnership up. That binds himself with Philemon so closely. And then he has said, receive him as if it were me. The heart that Paul has for other people. The desire that he has that there be the forgiveness extended. And everything that it's going to touch and relate to. So think about this impact. With this being their past experience together, Paul says, receive him as if I am coming back to partner with you in the ministry. This is a reference that can be trusted through the Apostle Paul that there might be forgiveness extended. And if that's not enough, We'll look in verses 18 and 19 and we see that repayment is assured. Verse 18 says, if he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. How's that for a little relief of a temptation to just just nail him to the fullest extent? Well, Paul is offering to pay it back. Paul is offering to for himself to personally recoup my losses for what this guy has done to me. 
And if you consider that just alone, that's actually a carnal temptation. You know, I, I mean, it's easy to, to make that decision if somebody else is going to make it right. So, so just looking at verse 18 alone, you can't leave that alone because that's not developing the right heart in Philemon to forgive. But let's look at verse 19. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it. Now, all that verse 18 and up to that point, that can't be alone. But let's connect it with the rest of verse 19. He says, albeit, I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me thine own self besides. Paul, get this, Paul has led Onesimus to Christ. The, the man, the, the, the greatest experience you will ever have after being saved, is, lead, is God using you to lead someone else to be saved. I pray that every Christian in this room has led or shall lead and constantly attempt in a witness for someone to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Paul led Onesimus to be saved. And, and as he's writing this, and Paul's saying, how, look how you owe me also. Philemon's able to think about the day that he was saved. And it was the Apostle Paul that led him to receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So Philemon can think back on that day. And don't get me wrong, Paul's not doing this. And the truth of the matter is, you do not owe anything to the person that led you to Christ. Of course, you're going to have kindred feelings for that person. And they're very special because God used them. But you don't owe them anything. And Paul's not really saying that he owes him anything just because he led him to Christ. Jesus is the only one that saves. If he has used you or I to, to witness the gospel to someone else... We didn't save anybody. Jesus is the only one that saves. But what, what Philemon can consider in this is that that blessed day that all of his sins were forgiven and he became a child of God and, and, and he can picture that setting. He can picture the same thing happening. And, and then Onesimus, God used the same person to lead him. To be saved. It's Jesus who saves. But there, but there is something that, that, that just happens with someone that God has used to lead you to Christ. And, and God has involved the same gospel messenger with Onesimus' life as his own. God has forgiven all of Onesimus' sin when he trusted Christ. So no doubt what's pressing upon the heart of this former master of his, who is a child of God, a friend of Paul's, is now Paul has put out there that he will make good anything that Onesimus took from me. Do I do I let Paul repay that or do I just completely forgive him? The way Jesus Christ forgave me, the way Jesus Christ forgave him for all. I, I'm, the church services took place in Philemon's house. I'm sure he was more well off than Paul. Do I, do I, do I let Paul repay that or do I just let it go? Do I let it go and do I extend forgiveness and just cancel his debt 
in every way for me. Well, not only is what Christ did for him involved in this, not only is what Paul did for him involved in this, but all the saints, as we look in verse 20, there is so much for you and I to see in the importance of forgiveness of others. Verse 20 says, Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Let me go back to verse seven and let's look at what Paul had said in the opening uh, salutation to Philemon. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by the brother. This is what Paul has to say to his friend about his friend's effect of the great love that he has and, and just the wonderful Christian reputation and how it has affected everyone that Paul has with, was with. They, Philemon refreshed them. He was a refreshing Christian. Just to hear of his testimony, he wasn't with them, but just to hear of how he is and what he does, it refreshed him. Onesimus refreshed Paul. A brand new child of God and he and he met Paul's needs and they shared together and he refreshed him. The fellowship of Onesimus refreshed Paul, but Paul denied himself of that. OK, he sent him back. He didn't keep him with him. He sent him back. He denied himself of that rest, that relief, that refreshment out of out of a respect for his brother Philemon to do the right thing. OK. Out of a respect, he did this. But he's telling Philemon, you can, I, I lost my refreshing, my refreshing Onesimus. I lost him. But you, Philemon, you can refresh me even from where you are. By your forgiveness of him, by receiving him in the Lord, by your Christ-like spirit-led self-sacrificial decision to forgive and to be gracious. Let, let, let me sum up what's going on here with one statement. It's as if Paul is saying to him, to Philemon, with your decision, you be to me what Onesimus has been to me. Will you refresh me as he has? Well, God has been using this word to prepare our hearts to forgive. And I'm thankful he has because Forgiveness sets us free. It sets us free from a bitterness within, from a bondage that we don't have to have taking over us. And we need a lot of help with this. And God is not only giving Philemon a lot of help with this. It's a lot of help for you and I that we might forgive others so that we don't continually hurt ourselves by holding back that forgiveness. Forgiveness offered means forgiveness received from the Lord. Forgiveness in a model, forgiveness models the example for another Christian to do the will of God. It is so important for our lives that we forgive another. I've used this story for, for uh, a few other things. It, it's just come to my mind so many times how before the church asked me to leave my job and I was uh, working a bluebell and and this guy asked me if he could borrow a dollar on Wednesday and he paid me back Friday. He was real thirsty, needed a Coke. And I loaned him, I gave him the dollar and I was expecting it back Friday. 
And Friday he walked right by me like he didn't know me. And, and I said, uh, I said, hey, Jermaine, where's that dollar? He said, man, I, I don't have it. And he just brushed me off. And that ate me up within. Not that I wanted my dollar. It wasn't just over a dollar. It was the principle of the matter that I loaned him a dollar. And I'm expecting a dollar back. And that dollar, it just ate me up for the longest time. And then along comes Carl a few weeks later. And he said, Kenneth, loan me, loan me $10 till payday. I need some gas. And I said, okay. But in my mind, it was already all right if he didn't give it back. I mean, he was forgiven before he ever possibly didn't give it back. I gave it to him. And come Friday, he didn't know me. And I didn't get that $10 back. I, was, I wasn't ate up inside over it. Because I, when I handed it to him, I let it go. And it was on him whatever he wanted to do about it. And that's a small situation. But that might relate to a big situation that you're in. And God wants you to let it go. God wants you to cancel the debt. We're not holding something against someone else and punishing someone else. We're punishing ourselves. And God, God says, let it go. Let it go. Cancel that debt. The way I have canceled your complete debt for everything, you, you cancel theirs. You are, you are washed and cleansed and forgiven of all your past, present, and future sins. And you have a home in heaven already. You are already a citizen of heaven. The things that God has prepared for you and I and everything He forgave us of. And He says, you go and do likewise. And you cancel that debt against someone else. And you don't do it selfishly, but what, we under, what we'll understand in forgiveness is that it's going to set you free. It's going to set you free. Let's go to alert, uh, the Lord in a word of prayer now. Um, I'm going to ask Brother Woody Carter if he'd close our...